Gather round, it's time for the big pen. Oi. Hold down, kick out your heels, jump up and down, shut your eyes and whirl around. Reach out your hand and if no one's there, grab your own hand, dance round in the square. When you're doing the big pen, hold down, gotta have a holler. Oink. <laughs> Here we go. It's pig pen time. Here is your host, Danny. Here's pig. Sorry, I was sending a text to our boss. I oh. forgot to send him an email earlier. Did you give him a piece of your mind? Oh, yeah. I sent him a couple of pics that uh, explained my opinions on what I think of him. <laughs> you should receive those momentarily. All right, so I believe a couple of weeks ago, an article was brought up or a discussion was kind of talked about, about how the fact that most people are staying indoors now is affecting our animal kingdom. And I believe we specifically discussed this huge gaggle of primates that were running around insane in these plazas. Like in Tunisia in like or something Sri like that. Sri Lanka or Kuala Lumpur or yeah. somewhere Some weird. Thailand. Something, yeah. yeah, something weird in yeah. Malaysia or Thailand. And you saw these huge, empty, vast plazas that, that looked like the ones you would see in Italy or Spain in Europe. Typically overrun with thousands of people. Thousands and thousands of people. Um, just milling about or sitting, you know, quietly at a at a what do they what do they call it a trattoria or yeah, yeah, yeah. having their coffee and their beignets and baguettes and maybe you might see a couple of monkeys sneak out and you know get a, a crumb here and there, but this was these were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of monkeys looking for food right and they would find like one piece of fruit or something and the violence and carnage that would ensue in the struggle for this morsel of food, it was like something out of the wild, which that's what brings me to what I want to talk about is what we have looked at as domestic life is now in a lot of areas of the world being reclaimed as what was once their wild. Because for centuries, we as human beings have pushed and pushed and pushed animal wildlife, the wild kingdom, into their own new way to adjust. Well, you see it here, you know, the further north we go. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. used to, we're, we're talking about one generation ago, Dallas extended to Mockingbird Lane, you know, and, yeah. then, and then slowly but surely it started creeping north. And yeah, you would have vast, even when I moved here in 86, 87, you know, Central Expressway 75 was basically a two-lane highway. Mm-hmm. And it was under construction to be widened, and, it, and I'm sure it had been for a while. Hang on a second. Got the Roni. <coughs> okay, I'm better. Oh, no. Yeah. But you would drive, um, you know, a dozen miles or, or five or six miles before you would get to the small town of Richardson. Yeah. Or the small town of Plano, and then maybe the small town of Allen or McKinney or Fairview. But in between that, it was farmland. It was horses. It was cattle. Bobcats. All of it. Yeah, coyotes everywhere. All of it. And as you know, we've continued to expand, those barriers have essentially disappeared. That we're all... But we have 
But we have housing developments. We do exactly, oh. and I know you've had this too, Bob, because you live. Yes. You have a little wooded area, but you've ha- you have the bobcat siding. We've had some tremendous bobcats, but I've been looking to see if they're reemerging because of these stories we find. Honestly, they're laying low or something. Something they haven't come back, and I was kind of looking forward to it to be honest, because I don't have any small pets. Well, they have reappeared. Not, oh, yes. not in mass, but they are definitely, you look around this great country and, man, the random animal sightings in major oh, yeah. cities is incredible. Well, let's talk about some of this a little bit. There was a great article in the Jeff Bezos Washington Post um, that talked about some different parts of the world where we are seeing this these anomalies, things that you would never see. And if you do find yourself venturing outside into a world that you felt was very normal for you you might look around and see something that is incredibly foreign to you on a daily basis now so in rio de janeiro the beaches are essentially vacant there but what you're seeing now are tons and tons of turtles baby turtles that are hatching and a lot of these turtles would never even live to make it back to the sea because people would mess with them people would pick them up uh, their natural, you know, the, the the predators of their ecosystem, that's changed so much that you're seeing this beautiful natural wildlife happening on something that would normally be populated by thousands upon thousands of thousands of human beings that just aren't there anymore. Right. And it's fascinating. Um, yes. They talk about in certain other parts of the world, in Wales, Bob, mountain goats just yes. walking the streets, just Herds and herds of mountain goats eating people's potted windowsill flowers, enjoying people's other plants and trees and any types of uh, domestic foliage that has been uh, planted by human beings. That's just a buffet to these mountain goats, and they are just free to enjoy these different cities in Wales. They're taking whales back. They are, they are. taking whales back. I don't. I don't know how much a struggle that would be like mm-hmm. if all the goats just decided to take over whales again and kind of mount a uh, a riot uh, some sort of insurgents if you will i don't know how many citizens there are to fight them off in wales but right now they're staying inside so the goats are winning big it's so weird too because in that like, video hilarious yeah it's on it's really fun now there's yeah. enough people like it's still in downtown dallas and the major cities people working you know there's still 20 30 40 percent workforce in a lot of these major cities and so we're not going to be seeing a lot of that weird stuff going on no but the- we're not we're also not in an area that's that's you know indigenous to things like that happening right 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 you're seeing um in, in big uh shipping routes off the coast of France that are normally populated by huge, huge boats just, you know, bringing commerce in and out of the areas, you're seeing tons and tons of of what would normally be rare but now becoming very common whale sightings. Now, that's weird to me because obviously, you know, there's things that are they're not used to, I guess, ships being completely free, but the fact that whales are becoming more and more free and easy about coming closer to shore that's that seems stranger to me than like crazy monkeys so is it our premise that uh there's far less uh freight being shipped around like uh certainly groceries and 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 
and perishables uh, still are, are being consumed by the world, right? Yeah, but I believe, yeah. that. How would the whales be affected? Well, what el- other things are being not shipped, I would think, things that are just non-essential right now. I'm sure not a lot of people are buying cars. Yeah. I wouldn't think. And I'm, I'm sure that that's probably yeah. a big way to get, you know, European automobiles over to the United States. That's a good is point. Probably shipping. But uh, any other type of industry that is just completely shut down right now. Um, there's a guy in uh, a videographer that lives in Boulder, Colorado. He's walking through this huge pedestrian strip of a college town last week, of the college town last week in Boulder. And he's, you know, just minding his own business and looks up and in the top of a tree beside a building where normally you would have restaurant patrons, shoppers, uh, University of Colorado students, which is a ghost town. Now, there is a giant mountain lion just sleeping in a tree with its paws and hind legs just hanging down. Corby, you can see this photo. That is so creepy. <laughs> Look at that. A mountain lion just chilling. Not nervous. That's the thing about this. These animals in these urban settings, it's not like you would... Sometimes you will stumble upon something. You'll see a coyote in your neighborhood, and it's like, oh, sure. my God. Right. But now because there's no people, there's no visible uh, immediate threat to them, yeah. They're becoming comfortable. And that's what brings me to a couple of thoughts. I mean, I'm not, I haven't even mentioned all of the the bears that are coming out of hibernation now that are that are basically taking over Yosemite. Yeah. There's nothing going on out there, but the bears are like, "What up now?" Well, you, I don't know if have you guys been to Yosemite? <laughs> I have when I was a kid. Okay, so I have not. It is so great. But there's a line of cars basically 24/7, right? doing the the half loop yeah. or the full loop yeah it's you think that you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody around just because of this the scenery and oh my god i can't believe that this even exists well at all times there's a line of cars right always wrapping around that place not so much not anymore. anymore not so much anymore but yeah now you hear that corby bears you're putting the whole park at risk yeah i know um, let's see another real quick oh, before. Look at, I w- okay. Now I'm, I'm seeing the mountain lion in Boulder. That's that insane. That's unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Corby, look at this picture of th- this isn't a housing estate in Harold Hill, which I believe is a suburb of London in East London. Do these deer that are just sitting on somebody's front yard, do they look like they're concerned about anything? They look like they're just on a golf course. They look like they're in their natural habitat, which they are. Because they were probably there before any of this other crap was built. Of course they were. So but, this, but how do they know that? Because is it the millions of years of DNA? Because, I mean, they clearly know that that's not where they're supposed to be, or that's not a typical place to be, but they're just not seeing humans. They're seeing a world without humans, and somehow maybe their instincts are taking them back to the way and the places that they know they're supposed to be. Which brings me to this. This has only happened in a month. Maybe yeah. a little bit more in other parts of the world where, you know, this the pe- essentially people, a month where this happened in, you know, other parts of the world where they, you know, had this uh, pandemic or epidemic, if, if it, you don't want to call it that at the time before we did. Now, what happens if this goes on and on for a few more months? These animals get more and more comfortable, more and more comfortable. And it's just very commonplace to see, you know, whatever is indigenous of your of your uh, area that you live in. Mm-hmm. What happens when things get back to normal? And we have to battle them to put them back to where we think they belong. It'll never get to that point. 
Right. This is, uh, you're, you're trying to prepare us for an upcoming animal war where we have to, <laughs> where we have to fight for our real estate back. Well, that, I don't have any answers to this. And yeah, I am being ridiculous by, you know, predicting that there's going to be human versus animal war. The animal kingdom is going to rise up and destroy us all. Um, but I, I do think about, okay, so once the streets start filling again, do they just freak out and go back to where they came from? Yes. Or they... It'll be a slow burn, especially in these places where you see all these photos and, you know, a lot of this. I know the New York Times wrote their article. It was like animals are coming back and taking over their land, at least on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of this is very specific. Uh, well, and remember that some of it was was uh, that the human... I, I guess you pointed this out. The, the goats aren't doing this, uh, but like the rats... And the uh, the monkeys in Thailand and so forth, uh, they actually are kind of upset, it appears, that we're not leaving food for them like we always do. Yeah, right. they're expecting it. Yeah, and exactly. They've, and that's They've the come thing. to count on us. They've become lazy in their own predatory uh, food gathering. Yeah. So uh, that's the thing. Most Anytime you see any animal right now, whether it's like the bobcat in your neighborhood, Bob, or my neighborhood, or the coyote. Coyotes have been much more brazen in my neighborhood, living near a small creek. Well, that's I don't I don't have the, the, the good fortune of living on a creek. I'm sorry. But I see them crossing streets all the time. Well, I'm telling you, a lot of that has to do with the record amount of rain that we've had as well. It's not so much that people aren't dotting the... the, the uh, the freeways and the roads and all that I, that has more to do with water food source all of that mm-hmm. that because when there is constant flow of rivers and tributaries coyotes and bobcats they've got about a six seven mile radius that they roam and when it's really flowing they know where the water is yes yeah yeah and they just keep going so i think that has more to do with it than than anything right now but we're not going to see a lot of this we're right i mean we're our city is it's changed, but think about it. We talked about it yesterday. There's like a fifty percent decrease in traffic. Yeah, that's a lot, but it's still air pollution's way down. Air pollution's down for sure. Yes, yeah. the skies are clearer. It's what not if we enough. like it this way. I don't know how we shouldn't like it this way, or who wouldn't like it this way. That's what I'm hoping. Is that you know we we ideally I would love Probably for the economy. I would love for yeah. us to come out of this whole experience. <laughs> more aware and maybe better people and realize, oh my gosh, this is really cool that, that, that there is wildlife that feels comfortable and, and just being aware that it exists and they're so close to us. And the more we push these boundaries and connect with one another, this, there's a, a scientist that, that, that is quoted in this LA Times article um, that I didn't even get to yet that talks about how you know these wildlife preserves and these national parks and these areas that are specifically for wildlife act as wonderful barriers between people because if you have this huge group of people and it buttresses up against a preserve what that does is it acts as a as nature's barrier to prevent viruses from transmitting as fast as faster than they than they than they could now and with all the deregulation of you know funding to our national parks and um, you know, pr- protective measures being lifted. And I'm not trying to make this a political thing, but I mean, I, I hope that we can realize that those things are important. Agree. They really are. And it, and, and it helps sustain and maintain our ecosystem. And it is, it does benefit us as humans to try to live in harmony with these things and to not destroy our natural resources for, you know, uh, monetary gain. But I don't know. That's really cool. There's a ton of articles out there. If you want to see some animals in some, 
pretty uh, human slash rural settings. There's some guys, great great photos and some great videos, and yes, some of them are fake. But uh, you can you, you guys can see the uh, this guy out sent, find the real. Ones. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This guy sent us a video of deer walking down uh, the streets of Paris, and it's kind of cool. Is too. it legit? I think so. Okay. But I guess everything on the internet is. I think so. I'm telling you though, the minute like all this ends, it all ends. I know, but that's the thing, Corby. It's happened so fast. The fact that we can see the mountains in India, the fact that we can, you know, we see the pollution lifted in in Los Angeles, and you can see the mountains out there, and the skies are bluer and clearer. We, I feel like we're breathing better. I feel like the quality of our air is better. I don't know. I I, I hope. Boy, I wonder. It just to me, it shows that if if you do just a little, a bit, little bit, just a little bit in right. a very short amount of time, right? Just think if we did this and sustained it. Over uh, it, uh, five years. I know. It you changes. Can re- you it can flips re- the script. You can reverse this. I, anyway. for one, welcome our new animal overlord. <laughs> <laughs> and will not challenge them to any battles. <laughs> All right, that's the pin. The ticket. If you hear that music, that means someone died, unfortunately. But it is our job to eulogize these human beings that die, especially when they're large figures in the world of rock and or roll or music. And we have one today. First off, though, before Danny takes us over, we were wondering who caught the Ty Walker period ticker. <laughs> yeah, he just told me. It was Matt Birmingham. Of course. It was the ham who uh, who found it. So he's a little, Look at that. He's a little devil in waiting. He really is, dude. I mean, Mino is 100% the most evil devil we've ever known. Yeah. Worse than... Expo, worse than Groobs. Yeah. You ever watch The Deer I, Hunter? But <laughs> Birmingham is, he's a, he's an apt apprentice. I love all the movie Danny stuff that we have now because- Things I have he's, or haven't seen. He's never, never saw Avatar. <laughs> I never saw Grease. I do think I want to see Godzilla, though. You ever watch The Deer <laughs> Hunter? <laughs> so love it. that, man. The Godzilla one is just like, I'm, I've got the flu, I'm in bed, and somebody just stuck a mic in my face. I do think I want to see Godzilla, though. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> like here, poor sick ta- Danny. Take your Tamiflu first and drink this water. <laughs> so we lost a large one. Boy, and, did we ever. And I think, you know, I think we're getting ready to do a big introduction as well for Bob, because I'm not sure, Bob, you realize how significant this fella is, and we are speaking of the great Bill Withers. Tunes. Yeah. Okay. You're aware, right? Of course. <clears throat> I think most people are on this one. This is a great song. Oh. Man, he was hard pressed. You'd be hard pressed to find a tune that he wrote that wasn't. Sometimes in my life. We just found out today that the great William Harrison Withers Jr., otherwise known as Bill Withers, passed away at the age of 81 years old. But he actually died on March 30th. And apparently his family pretty devastated by this now this was not covid related no 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 this was uh he had a heart condition and he died of that um 
But what a life this guy had. He was the youngest of six kids. He was born in this really small coal miners town called Slab Fork, West Virginia on July 4th, 1938. There's a fantastic documentary that was released in, I believe, 2009 called Still Bill. And I don't know if you can watch it for free, but it is available available to rent or purchase, I think, on Amazon, which I did a couple years ago. And I've seen it twice, and it's just fantastic. And there's something about Bill Withers. I like to refer to him as the Roger Staubach of soul music. Really? Yes. He was a good dude. A very, very good dude. He graduated high school and immediately went into the Navy in 1965. He served... No, wait, he left the Navy in 1965, but he served in the Navy for nine years. And that's when he got interested in writing and singing songs. Okay, I read um, at some point that he was a mechanic on those big fighter jets. Well, what happened was, is after he left the Navy in 1965, he moved to L.A. and he was trying to start a music career, okay? So he got a job working as an airplane assembler, and he worked for several different companies, um, including Douglas Aircraft. And during that whole time, he was writing songs and making demo tapes, either at home or in you know, like a cheaper recording studio, used all of his own money to produce these tapes. And he started shopping them around. Um, he was performing in clubs at night, and he debuted with a single called Ain't No Sunshine, which... I'm that sure was his first song? Yeah. All right, play this Ain't one for no Bob. Sunshine when she's gone. He debuted Definitely. with this tune. Wow. And it's not warm when she's away. this was destined to be a massive hit, but he was so jaded no by the music business. And the thing that he, that, that he ended up just keeping his job working on airplanes, building aircrafts. And... He when this came out, when this came out, he was so concerned about the the fickle nature of the music industry that he's like, man, I ain't quitting my job. I'm not leaving work until this really proves that I can truly, truly make a bona fide living writing songs and performing. And and the other thing about and at the time, this was a huge anomaly. He started his career in his 30s. That was unheard of. Yeah. We started, yeah, late 20s is when he started really pursuing it hardcore. That's when I kind of equate him to Roger because Roger kind of did the same thing. Yeah. You know, he didn't start his NFL NFL career until he was, what, 26? Mm, Is that correct? Yeah, maybe even a little older. Yeah, I think he was 27. Okay, probably about the same for Bill. He was uh, nine years in the Navy. Can you back up to the I know part? I can. This always... Okay, listen up here. So when I was a little kid and this song would pop on in the car, my parents were listening to the radio, Mm -hmm. I became so obsessed with the I know part and I tried to emulate it, but you couldn't hold your breath long enough to make it happen. Yeah. So every time it was like, I know, I know, I know, I know. And you you hear him at the end of that losing his breath. There's a legend about 
why that happened, and I don't know if it's true, and it, it may just be one of those things that legends are made out made of a story that's told and it be, as a rumor, and then it becomes fact, but it's not really fact. But I heard that this is all probably recorded live with a band in studio with him in the room and no overdubs, and I heard that he gets to that part. And it was only supposed to be a determined number of I know, I know, I know. And then goes into the next line, but he forgot what the next line was supposed to be. So he just kept going, I know, I know, and the drummer's like kind of watching him, just keeping the beat going. And then he goes, need to leave young thing alone, ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Like remembers the the line right there, and then the band kicks right back in when he resumes. Because it's really, it's not like timed out to be, you know, a certain musical, uh, a certain number of measures. It's very weird in the timing of it. Now when he um, started shopping his his demos, um, he got auditioned pretty favorably by uh, a guy named Clarence Avon. He owned this record company called Sussex Records. He signed Bill Withers to a record deal, and he assigned former Stax uh, record stalwart Booker T. Jones to produce his first album. Of the MGs? Of the, of the MGs. And when Bill showed up in the recording studio, I had three days booked, and they show he showed up with his tunes and he walked in. He thought he was going in as a writer. He figured I got this deal. They want me as a writer. He walked in and said, "Hey, uh, Booker T, nice to meet you. I'm Bill Withers. So, uh, who's going to be singing these songs of mine?" And Booker T goes, "You are, man. You are." And that was it. Wow. And his first two albums did so great. What's this one called? Uh, this is um, lovely the lovely day. day. Yeah, yeah lovely this was a day. huge, huge hit for him. But, uh, you know, he had, he had used me, Grandma's Hands, later on uh, in his career, like in the 80s. Um, what was the big hit that he had in the 80s? That, uh, just the two of yeah, us? Yeah, just the two of us, yes. That was a huge hit for him. And he Dude. basically kind of got out of the game um, sometime in the... 85 was his yeah, last record. Yeah, he went, his, his, career, his recording career, his active career was 63 through 85. But the, the documentary Still Bill that came out in 09 is so great, and it follows him now... It, it, it has him going back to his his hometown um, out in uh, West Virginia, Slab Fork, and it's him walking around the neighborhood and showing how poor he was and um, old neighborhood haunts and him running into old friends that, that he knew back in the day that are still living there. Um, it shows him working with his daughter on, on some demos that she's working on. And he just seems like a... Just like a really good dude, a really good family man, really supportive, and just a real sweet, caring, tender soul. And if you remember a few years back, I believe it was a USC football team, and he came in and, and gave them a speech, and they didn't know who he was. They're like, who's this old black guy coming in here? And then he sat down and started playing Lean On Me, and they're like, oh my God, the Lean On Me guy. But wow. he was, you know, that was kind of kind of who he was. Very unassuming. Um, probably never really looked super comfortable as a front man. Um, he did this record uh, live at Carnegie Hall, and it's wonderful. The only thing I don't like about it is in post production they went in and added a bunch of um, a, a big bunch of string arrangements that are unnecessary because his live band cooked. I mean, they were these guys were cats that could flat out play. Super appropriate. Super minimalist. And um, but that record's great because in between the songs, he really is is good at connecting. He's he's very transparent. He's he's very open. He's not trying to be cool. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to right. like to like flex or 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 pimp himself. He's he's very um, humble. Uh, he talks about you know struggles about how I'm loving his grandma and how he misses her. 
and leads into songs, and he does a great job of just setting up his material in this uh, on this live album. But man, Bill Withers contributed, and we lost a massive, massive voice in American music history today, or on the 30th. We just found out about it today. Okay, a couple things <laughs> Yeah, here. man. Um, one, what's the name of the documentary again? Still Bill. Still Bill. Yeah, okay. I believe which was the name of his second album. Kill his first Bill. album was called Just As I Am. <laughs> Kill Bill. And the photo of him on his first album is him like showing up at work at his airplane building job, and it's him just standing next to a brick wall holding his lunchbox for the day. Oh, okay, I, I'm looking at it. Yeah, that is That's that wild. is him arriving at his job, and they just snap the shot and put it on the front of the album. Dang. Okay, so so confession. I don't think I'd ever heard of this guy till right now. Yeah, you know the music though. Yes, I know the music. I, I feel like I've know I know between three and five of his songs, and I count them all to be uh, classics mm-hmm. that uh, just have played just uh, two of us. Just oh God, worked their way into my ears, you know, but I I don't know that I've heard his name. Maybe I have. I don't know, but I really like segments like this, honestly, and, and I was a little intimidated because this whole show that I'm new to, mm-hmm. all you guys know music really, really well, and Mike knew it probably as well as anybody, and 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 like the Kenny Rogers and the Bill Withers stuff, it's very 101 probably for me, but... It's uh, it's very very helpful because it's obviously everyone loves music, but I feel like I I have almost no knowledge of music that I wasn't into, and so I I love this stuff, but I didn't know anything about him until just now when I found out I did know his stuff. Yeah, so there. Yeah, this is a good history lesson it. for sure. Um, I love the beginning. Oh of this song. yeah, it's so good. This is when he teamed up with uh, Grover Washington Jr. as a producer, uh, playing on it, playing okay. uh, I think tenor sax, or maybe this was a Grover Washington song that featured Bill Withers, or maybe they got equal billing. I'm not sure, but Grover was massive on this. I see the crystal raindrops fall, and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. That voice is so great. Yeah. I'm in the New York Times here. It says, Ain't No Sunshine won the Grammy for Best Rhythm and Blues Song. Lean on Me and Just the Two of Us, oh, he, a collaboration with Grover Washington, yeah, he, won the same award. He cleaned up as a rookie in the business. And I think I think he had such a great perspective on how to manage his career because he, did, he didn't get famous at 19 years old. Yeah, he had some perspective. Yeah, and he was in the Navy for nine years. If that doesn't kind of whip your ass into shape and give you some... A uh, sense of maturity and turn you into adult maybe a little faster than you would otherwise, and then you, your career essentially starts when you're 30. Yeah, uh, he he handled it the right way, I think. So I'm reading the same thing you are, Bob. The New York Times obit. Yeah. It's got a funny story about him working at the at the airplane factory or the whatever they're building airplanes. Mm-hmm. So he he starts doing that, and then he went out one night to see Lou Rawls perform. And he says, I was making $3 an hour. That's the pay that he got at the uh, at the airplane joint. And he says, I was looking for friendly women, but nobody found me interesting. Then Rawls walked in to the nightclub, and all these women were talking to him. He says, I bought a cheap guitar at a pawn shop, started learning to play it and writing songs, and then recorded a demo. Do you know how stereotypical that sounds and how... Yeah. This is so one in a trillion. Yeah. 
where you're inspired by somebody in your th- 30s, basically? Yeah, late 20s. And th- this were, and you're this guy? Sometimes the actual cream rises to the top, and it's. It, I don't think this could... It'd be, it'd be really rare for this to happen now of... I went and bought a guitar and I started writing songs and I recorded a demo and I moved to LA and I shopped it at the labels and they loved it and I won a Grammy. Yeah, and it then, doesn't work that way. Or then you walked in and you expected other people to be singing your songs. You expected all these, you know, R and B heroes to be in there or whatever, and you're like, okay, where are they? They're not here because you're singing them. And this is his voice. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, did you see the Roscoe's chicken and waffles story in there? No. Okay, so he told this story on NPR back in 2015, but he was at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in L.A., up on Pico, and he says these ladies looked like they had just come from church or something, and they were talking about this Bill Withers song. So I was going to have some fun with them because I was in the next booth. I turned around and I said, I'm Bill Withers. And this lady said, you ain't no Bill Withers. You're too light-skinned to be Bill Withers. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't believe it was him. How did he prove it? Did he... Did he go I, on or no? That's uh, the story ends there. I'm kind of curious uh, how it actually did end, but uh, that's all he told NPR. I, I do guess. remember yeah. this though. I remember watching. Have you guys seen the documentary When They Were Kings? The, yes. yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, the the photo of him and Muhammad Ali, and they're going to the Rumble in the Jungle. Rumble in the Jungle. It's in Zaire. So he played yeah. the big concert yeah. the night before in there's Africa. An iconic photo. Yeah. Of, the, of them together, and I can't remember oh, who the, wow. the the woman is, but they're sitting at a table in an airplane, and someone on the on the flight over there, and someone did a snapshot, and it's him, Muhammad Ali, and this other African American chick that I cannot remember her name, but it's them three sitting there, and Bill Withers in jeans and no shirt. <laughs> Because it was 150 degrees. Well, they were on a plane, but still, that was, you know, it was the 70s. Right. That was one cool thing that I always liked about Bill. If you put him next to, I don't know, say, Sly and the Family Stone, he would look like like their uncle, that their straight uncle. He didn't. He wasn't about the flash. He wasn't yeah. about you know being yeah. being super cool looking. He was jeans and a t shirt and maybe you know one of those newsboy hats or a toboggan and that's it, man. He was just straight up real deal. He said whenever he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that he wouldn't know the a, a pop chart from a pop tart. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, yes, he mattered, and... uh, I couldn't believe that when I woke up to that on my phone today. The least we could do is spend a segment on the great Bill Withers. The ticket. That would be the... I don't know if I can. It's a tough one, I know. I know. This is the debut. Oh, total debut of Country Mike. (laughs) (laughs) We've had Robot Grego. No, I understand this was up for the emergency break of the week and didn't get it. Country Mike was? Yeah. That's really? what I hear. What are they doing with our audio? I don't know, but I understand it was up, and I thought I had a winner here, but I didn't. All right, I haven't heard this since the inception of Country Mike, so I'm dying to hear it again. Well, I don't know what you and I were talking about, but you said something, and I immediately looked we at Danny. We were talking about the Rangers. Oh, we were? Yeah. I looked at Danny, and he looked at me like, what the hell just happened? First, though, a little bit more Rangers talking. We'll see if we can't squeeze in a call or two toward the end of this because there was some news of note that happened off the field surrounding the Rangers. In fact, we just got a dispatch that Ian Kinsler and Zach Greinke have been chosen as co-players of the week in the American League. You know what Kins did? 
His big night of the cycle the other night has just continued on. The guy is just on fire right now and grinky. Saturday night, what can you say? You sounded real country yeah. just now. <laughs> He's just on fire right now. Yeah, yeah. mark that. He we'll just, visit that tomorrow. He's just on fire right now. He's just on fire right now. He's just on fire right now. All right. I think what happened was one of my alts showed up. On fire, and you continued with Grinky. It was on fire right now, Grinky. Man, was, yeah, the way he says Grinky. He on fire right now, Grinky. <laughs> Listen to it, the short part. His big night of the cycle the other night has just continued on. The guy is just on fire right now, and Grinky. <laughs> He's on fire right now, old Grinky. <laughs> it's real subtle, and it's not as bad going back and listening to it as it was when it happened live, but it's still it's, funny. It's pretty bad, man. The Grinky. Grinky. How, how would you normally say Grinky? Grinky. Zach, Zach Grinky. Zach Grinky. And Grinky. now this. The guy is just on fire right now, and Grinky. 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 Oh, Grinky, he's on fire right now. Well, what can I tell you? It was funny. I reverted back to my Oak Cliff white trash roots. <laughs> Grinky. I didn't notice it. I did not notice it at the time. I know you didn't. Oh, Grinky. You sound like a prospector. You do. Look at all your hands. right now. Ooh, Grinky. I the see. guy is just on fire right now, and... Grinky, Saturday night, what can you say? Good job. I'm sorry. I won't ever do that no, again. No, no, I like Country Mike. Slipping in there to Country Mike. Okay, we got a guy on the phone not too long ago, and we were all on the air. This is very obvious. All of our microphones are open, and it's not so much to me that this guy's laugh was really funny. It's the fact that we all thought it was hilarious at the same time and responded in unison with our own laughter. But it is pretty crazy. Is this a guy from South Lake? Yes. Okay, here's South Lake Man with Funny Laugh. Try this guy. Line three. This is a... This is Vinner. Heather, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to let you guys know that she is married. Oh, she is? Yeah, she's married. Okay, it says that neither one of them are in the police report. Yeah. So, oh, you know what this means? The two are listed as not married. To meaning, one another. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's it. But she was married. She was uh, she was actually my team leadership teacher in, like, 01. My, I have siblings and stuff that go there, but... Did she bite down on the carrot? <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> As soon as the cop knocked on the window, you know, it was over. Oh, boy. All right. Hang on. We made him laugh some more after that, didn't we? All right. And Yvonne is not hot. She is beat up. Yeah. All right. Let's leave the woman alone. But, okay, so she is married. (laughs) Well, that changes it a little bit. Thank you for your courage, sir. Keep him on the line and make him laugh. Oh, no problem. You guys have a good Where are you going? I'm at Chick-fil-A right now. Really? Listen to this. Tell me you think this is funny. (laughs) <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> He's got the. <laughs> I, love, I know. I love his first love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I love our response because we're in, we're just like in perfect, we're froze in perfect unison. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> <laughs> 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 I 
love the. Nice. That's my been my, one of my favorite things about listening to the Hardline for 15 years, is the show's general appreciation for the goofy laugh. <laughs> oh God! And we've gotten. <laughs> we have the best collection of laughter. And we've gotten really good at knowing when we're about to get a good one and suppressing our own. Yes. Yeah. I always push back a little bit. You know, like, yeah. lay back. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's, um, let's get into what happened on Channel 8 the other night. The quality of this audio sucks. It's, it came over the phone. I had my wife just a second ago hold the phone up to the speaker. Hey, now. Because it's not really sexual oh, at all. No. It's a phone and a speaker. Thinking of your wife, that's all. Again, I'm sorry. she's 38 months pregnant. Exactly. Mm. Something like that. Right. So this is that's phone why they quality. Have preggers. Phone quality oh, oh. audio. And, you know, the guy can drive everybody absolutely bonkers, and you may not think too highly of him, but there's something about. Dale Hansen and the way that he interacts with the rest of his Channel 8 cohorts that I find pretty funny, especially he and Delkus going back at it. If you ever watch Channel 8 News, they they do a pretty good number on each other. And it's just who can get the better of, uh, of the other on a daily basis. So, And he also shocks Gloria quite a bit because, you know, Gloria is kind of the, the rock of that show mm-hmm. and John McKay. And so mm-hmm. when Dale has these crazy wild one-liners, it's always funny to see how those to try to interact and and try to uh, suppress him. So this is at the end of the newscast two nights ago, and I think this is a pretty good line from Old Dale. Stores. North Texas pastor has raised some eyebrows at his spicy sermon. Pastor Andrew Worley is preaching sex to his congregation at the First Baptist Church in Anna. He's challenging his small-town flock to have sex with their spouses at least 100 times a year. He says it's an important step for building strong marriages. Pastor also wants the couple to put aside a dollar each time so that they can buy gifts for each other. It works for you, doesn't it? Oh, I, I, I've been married 26 years, and I don't think we're at 100 yet. Oh, <laughs> I'm uh, I've got to do the math on that. Go for it. Be fruitful and vulnerable. That's scary. Well, you want me to we're done. We're done. <laughs> E news is over. Yes. <laughs> I had a laugh out loud moment at my house after that because you know Dale's like standing there and he's got a Hawaiian shirt on, looking all stupid. You know, <laughs> I don't think in twenty six years of marriage I've had sex a hundred times yet. <laughs> all right, let's get to. You mentioned this the other day or yesterday, Danny, that that Noxie had another funny moment. Uh, by the way, so we played the the uh, Jim Knox, the roving reporter at the Ranger game. He had a moment where if we could pull this up, we 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 buried the lead on this because he was interviewing a guy from England and a guy from South, South Africa. Africa. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he told the guy from South Africa, he said, "Well, good day, mate." And according to people that are emailing. This is a common occurrence with Noxie. Like, he always throws it back if there's somebody with an accent that he does say, good day, mate. Okay. I don't watch enough. It seems like you would know this better than anyone. Yeah, but, you know, I don't pay that much attention to what Noxie's up to. Wow. I'm not as obsessed with him as everybody else is. I'm watching the game, man. Really? I'm watching baseball. You don't need announcers and wacky bits no, in the stands, no, do you? No, no, no. I don't need announcers and wacky bits. I'm into the game. Boring. And you are too, because I love the Rangers. 
And I'm really pissed off about what happened today. I am too. Well, all right, so play play the big blunder here when he's interviewing the guy from England and South Africa. Hey, Josh, real quick, we have a first here at the ballpark. Uh, this is Michael, Shane, and Brim. Michael and Shane from England. They live in England. Brim from East Africa. And this is your very East? first baseball East game. East Africa. So he's like from Mogadishu. lifelong ambition fulfilled East. You got West Africa. You got East Africa. East Africa. Yeah, you got East. Is that like Chad and stuff? That's like Somalia. Yeah? Yes. That's in East Africa? Yes. Egypt's in East Africa. Northeast. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so he has... Where's a, the Congo these days? It's probably still in the same place it was yesterday. These days? <laughs> well, does it still exist? The Congo? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of... Hey, the lay of the land changes just about every day over there. They have a lot of takeovers. New Kings take over. So he interviewed a guy with a bucket? Cobra. Yeah. A dude with a bucket and a stick. And he was just beating on it. Yes. Okay. I think something might be wrong with this guy. All right. And he really wouldn't respond to anything? Not a lot. He's just going, let's go, Rangers. Let's go. And then he tries to throw it back to Josh and yes. Tom, and it gets awkward? It gets real uncomfortable. All right. We go to Jim Knox. Josh, uh, making a lot of noise That's out him. here. <laughs> it's Jerry and Amanda Peppers, a husband-wife team, season ticket holders, and really getting the crowd going. Jerry's from Hurst. Now, uh, Jerry, Let's go, Rangers. how many games are you trying to come to each and every year? Almost all of them. Almost all of them. This is your first time you ever came painted, right? Yes, sir. Why is that? To get the, Fanger, uh, the Texas Rangers to number one? Uh-huh. You got what? the bucket, and you just made it right there. Amanda, I don't hear you over there. What's going on? There we go. We got the, nothing. <laughs> we also got his glove, the net right here. And he's making a lot of noise, beef jerky. And we've got beef that going jerky. in the face painted right there. All right, let's get the crowd Just going there, Jerry. Nice the work. Nice work. Thank you, Jim. You got anything, Tech? No, I don't have any beef jerky. No. I know that. <laughs> you got anything, Tech? No. No. <laughs> that silence was great, and you should have seen this dude, man. Ooh. I feel so bad for Noxie. <laughs> Just trying to get the Rangers to number one. What does that even mean? I don't know. Uh, and, and he, These are your people, by the way. Those are your people. He's beating Noxie's like the guy's beating on the drum. He puts the the mic in front of the wife's mouth. She says nothing. Mm -hmm. So Noxie picks up a, a fishing net and a bag of beef jerky. Yeah, we got a net here, and here's some beef jerky. <laughs> I mean, what the Gives hell? a damn. Here's a net and some beef jerky, Tom. So you're telling me that nobody shows up at OU football with a fishing net and beef jerky? <laughs> They're your people too, Holmes. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. They do not. They do now, too. What do they need the fishing net for? I don't know. To get Duke Robinson sweatbands? Probably. <laughs> embrace, or not his Phil Lodeholtz, for sure. Embrace your people. I do embrace They're all trying to make the Rangers to number, number one. one. That's right. They want the Rangers ranked number one in the BCS Let's this go week. Let's Rangers. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah, that's what we all say. Oh, God. All right. That was great. Let's go to what happy hour. Have? What else you got? I just got a, I just got a text. 
from uh, Fitz, who works over there. He says, the same guys were there today, upper deck, all alone, beating on the same effing drum. <laughs> What's worse, them or Woodblock guy? Them! Them! No. At least Woodblock guy can go home and look at his banners. Yeah, at least Woodblock guy went to Guitar Center to the percussion department and actually purchased something. This guy got a plastic bucket out of his garage. And his creativity to make a percussion instrument out of a bucket. And a stick out of his yard. Right. And beef jerky at 7-Eleven. Poor Noxie. Whore. No. Whore. Does he like what he does? Yes, he told me. He really does? He told me when he said, hey, it's Corby Davidson from The Ticket. He told me that he, he goes, hey, he's up on how you're talking about my having the worst job in the Dallas media. Look at me out here. It's a fun time. I like your impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's always real animated, you know. Is he still real kind of, buff? Oh, yeah, he's in great shape. Look at me. Look, Feel my bicep, Cobra. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> God, I wish he would have, though. Would have been awesome. <laughs> All right, we got to go.